Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kaiju Carnage. I am your host, Cal the Kaiju Guy. So, what's up, everybody? Good morning. I hope everyone is doing well uh, today. Officially back on schedule and doing my Saturday morning episode, though it is coming out a little later than usual, just simply because I watched the film that I'm covering uh, this morning because I did not have time to do so yesterday. But uh, before I jump into today's episode and shenanigans and whatnot that all I'm going to talk about and everything I wanted to wish a happy birthday to an icon in the Godzilla world who is no longer with us and that is Akira Takarada he was born on this day way back in 1939 I believe is the the year he was born nonetheless he would be 89 years old today, but he did pass away, unfortunately, in March of last year. And, you know, I've done a career spotlight on this man. I did a uh, tribute episode to this man after he passed away. You guys know that I was a massive fan of his work, not just in the Godzilla franchise, but just in many movies that he made uh, over the course of of his career and while most people whenever they think of him they immediately think of the original Gojira as I always tell people my first introduction to this man was in Godzilla versus the sea monster and that's pretty much what I know him best from so yeah there's that so all right, guys, now that that's out of the way, the film in question that I'm going to be talking about today is going to be a short episode. Just going ahead and letting you guys know that. I've given y'all a heads up on the havoc that um, this film did not have a whole lot of uh, production notes that I was able to find via online or some of the books that I own and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to give you guys what, uh, what I was able to find. But I'm going to be talking about the second film in the Millennium series, which was Godzilla vs. Megaguirus that came out in the year 2000. Now, this was the 25th film overall in the Godzilla franchise, the 24th film that was produced by Toho, because the TriStar 1998 Godzilla had come out, obviously, uh, two years prior to this one. So, I had only seen this film one time, way back whenever I was finally able to start. Uh, the, you guys remember I've talked about that store Hastings that was here in central Louisiana, and they had a massive selection of just different movies and stuff like that, and I was able to get a pretty good chunk of my Godzilla collection while that store was was open, because I still had not yet really jumped into ordering things off of eBay. I didn't even have an eBay account. Um, Amazon was not near, like, the big, massive, like, part of our everyday lives that it is now and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I was still, by and large, trying to find things on physical media whenever I was, uh, you know, around this time and everything. And so they started carrying a bunch of Godzilla films. And so I scooped them up. A lot of the DVD copies that I have, uh, primarily my double pack of Rodan and War of the Gargantuas, have actually become collector's items. And uh, they're, they're worth a, a pretty penny. I'm kind of surprised, to be honest with you. But uh, speaking of collector's items, you guys know that, you know, I told you guys on Wednesday that uh, my lovely lady had given me permission to order the 2014 video game Godzilla for the PS4. It came in the day before yesterday, and I've been playing it like a madman. I'm having crazy amounts of fun on the game. The destruction that you're able to cause in the game is pretty good and all of that kind of stuff. I can see why it got the poor reception that it did because now that I'm actually getting to play it, the reviews make more sense. I remember a review 
And it's part of the reason why I put it back initially whenever I was first holding it all those years ago, whenever it first uh, released and I was going to wait for the price to drop a little bit and everything. But whenever I looked up the reviews and where I pretty much decided I'm not paying 60 bucks for this, I'll wait for the price to drop a little bit. Um, uh, I remember one review in particular said that the game had plenty of flaws, which it does. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the gameplay is extremely repetitive. I mean, extremely repetitive. Um, and as far as like just how the game itself is, it's pretty mediocre. And it got some very average to negative reviews from game critics as well as other uh, game, like video game players and stuff like that. But at the end of the review, it pretty much said only die hard fans of the franchise will truly love this game. And so I've always kind of wondered like, well, I'm a pretty diehard fan of the franchise. So I wonder if that statement would be true. And yeah, now that I own it and I've been playing it and all that kind of stuff, uh, yeah, it's true. Only diehard fans of the franchise are going to love this game because like I said, it is very repetitive. I'm playing in a mode called God of Destruction mode in which um, there's generators uh, all around the, the map and Godzilla has to destroy the generators to absorb the energy from the generators and once all the generators are destroyed, the mission is over. But in just about every single mission, while you're in the process of trying to destroy the generators and all of that kind of stuff, a kaiju shows up. I have thrown down with Batra, uh, both in larva form and in uh, his mo uh, moth form. I have fought Anguirus. I fought King Ghidorah as just merely a boss fight. I have fought uh, the smog monster, Hedera. Uh, a number of times and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, Mechagodzilla, the original Mechagodzilla, he's popped up a few times. But, um, <clears throat> pardon me. But, um, yeah, like while you're in the middle of trying to destroy the generators, a kaiju will show up and you can stop what you're doing to fight the kaiju and all of that stuff and defeat him. And then you can go back to trying to destroy the generators. But naturally, there are little things in the mission to where it's like, if you also accomplish this, you get, you know, more bonus points and things like that and all that stuff. And there's usually like some helicopters flying around or some tanks on the ground. And so at the beginning of the mission, it's like you get bonus points if you destroy 20 army tanks. So naturally, I'm going around trying to stomp on all the army tanks because I'm a kaiju. Of course, I'm going to run around trying to stomp on everything I can. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, there's a little thing down at the bottom of the, of the screen that says destruction level. And pretty much every single time you destroy a building, it goes up. Like, you know, it starts out at 0%. You destroy one building and it's like, okay, you've destroyed 1% of the map. And me, playing as the king of the monsters, naturally, I'm like, well, I'm going to get 100% every single time. And so every single match that I do, I start out and I just start wrecking buildings and I'm hunting down helicopters and uh, army tanks and stuff like that and stomping on them and hitting them with my atomic breath. And the kaiju shows up. I beat the snot out of him, def defeat him, and then go back to destroying everything. And after every single thing is destroyed, I've gotten my bonus points for like destroying the 20 army tanks or the 10 helicopters or you know whatever and then it's like my 100 percent uh destruction my destruction level is at 100 percent i've literally destroyed everything that is capable of being destroyed on the uh on the level then i'm like okay now it's time to finish off this uh this mission and uh destroy the generators and all of that. And so, yeah, then I had to go and destroy the generators and I move on to the next stage. And that's just what I've been doing. Like, it's so much fun just running through these buildings and these skyscrapers. And sometimes you're in like this big factory and destroying all the factory stuff, like swinging my tail around and destroying things. And God, it's, it's a very, very fun game. It was worth the wait. I'm, I'm very glad that I have it now and all that. Uh, I still hate that it has essentially become a collector's item and you're going to pay a pretty penny for it if you try to order it online. But uh, I've seen plenty of people online try to uh, 
or not try to, but they succeed in finding a copy of it at like flea markets and pawn shops and things like that, because a lot of people don't know what they got their hands on, you know, like they'll just have like a, they get like a whole mess of PlayStation 4 games for free, or, you know, I've seen on Facebook Marketplace where you can get on there and like someone's selling an entire lot of video games to where it's like 15 to 20 games and they're like, they're just trying to get rid of them, you know, at this point. And they're just basically like, come get them, give me 30 bucks or something like that, you know. Well, if you're somebody that wants to turn around and just resell this stuff like at a flea market or something like that, you know, you're going to go and pick up these games no matter what they are for 35 or 40 bucks for an entire lot of them and then go back to the... um go back to your shop and slap a 15 to $20 price tag on each one of them, well, you're going to make your money back very, very quickly uh, and all that, you know. And so there's been some people that have found the game at a flea market or something because somebody just got the game. And it's like, oh, whatever, it's an old, you know, PlayStation 4 game or whatever. I'll sell it for 20 bucks or something like that, you know. And um, there was actually a guy, I'm not going to mention any names or anything like that, but this dude had uh he posted on a collector's group that I'm a part of that he had found another copy of the game he emphasized on another copy of the game that he found at a flea market for $10 and this brought his total up to 5 copies of the game and so first of all that ticked me off because I'm like it's your part of the reason as to why this game has the value that it does because it already had a very limited run, but the fact that you're hoarding copies of this game makes it even more difficult to get. So if he's doing it, you know there are other collectors that's doing it and everything, and there might be a couple of hundred, possibly even thousand, a thousand uh, copies of this game sitting in collector's collections just because, oh, it's a collector's item, and every time I see one, I buy one, and I've got five copies of this game, so I actually reached out to the guy back whenever I was trying to hunt for one, and, you know, I was like, hey, look, I see that you've got, you know, you made a post, I see that you've got, like, five copies of the game and all that stuff, um, the latest one you bought was for $10, I've wanted this game for a long time, you know, like, I'm a diehard fan and all that kind of stuff. Like, but I, I just can't justify spending the collector's price for it and all that kind of stuff, you know? And so I was like, can you, uh, like, would you mind selling me one of your copies for a decent price? And I was thinking, you know, the guy as a collector would be like, here's this other collector that's wanting it. He has multiple copies. He bragged openly that every single copy he's gotten, he found it like a pawn shop or a flea market or something like that, got them dirt cheap and all that, this this clown responds to me like, oh yeah, absolutely, I'll sell one to you for $200. And I was sitting there thinking like, are you serious? Like you're, 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 see, again, you're part of the problem that you're hoarding copies of this game that you've openly bragged about. You've got them dirt cheap. You have another collector that's reaching out to you that's like, hey, I, I really, really want this and all that kind of stuff, can you help me out? I wouldn't think and sell it to me for 10 bucks or for 20 bucks or something like that because, you know, obviously it is a collector's item. Like, I would have been willing to pay. I was like, dude, I'll pay, like, brand new retail, like, when it released. Like, I'll give you 60 bucks for it or something like that, you know? Like, he would have made a profit either way, but just to turn around and be like, oh, well, this is what they're selling it for on eBay, so that's what I'm going to sell it for to you. It's just like, you see, you're, you're, again, you're part of the problem. You're the reason why this game has skyrocketed in value because people like you that hoard the cop, that hoard the game and all that, and then just turn around and is basically like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to help out any other collectors. I'm not going to help out any other diehard fans or anything. The vast majority of people are trying to sell this thing for 200 to 250, some of them $300 or something like that, um, so that's what I'm going to sell it for, but guess what, that's also part of the reason why you're sitting on five copies of the game, because there's too many people out there that have no desire to pay that price, I had no desire to pay that price, I could have paid that price for the game, you know, ever since it released, just about, you know, but I was not going to do it, or anything, because I'm just like, no, I can't do it, but because of the wedding, and all of the money gifts that we were 
given and all of that kind of stuff, me and Emily essentially looked at it as it's free money. We did not have this money earlier and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we'll just pretend we got a little bit less, get on eBay, cow, and order your game. And so I did, and I've been having a blast with it ever since I got it. And I'm eternally grateful to her uh, for pretty much giving me the okay to get this game and all of that. Um, I got to figure out how to unlock more monsters to be able to play with though. That's the thing. Um, because as of right now, like being, doing any little mode that I can, like none of the other monsters are unlockable or unlocked or anything. So the only kaiju I'm able to play with right now in most of the modes that you can play in, you automatically get to play with the Heisei era Godzilla, which I've got no problem with. I love the Heisei era Godzilla. And there's one mode that allows you to play with um, the 1964 Showa era Godzilla, which was from Godzilla versus Mothra, I believe, or Mothra versus uh, Godzilla. And um, yeah, th that's all I can play with right now. So I need to unlock some more because I want to play with Anguirus. I want to play with King Ghidorah. I want to play with my boy Space Godzilla. Like, you know, there, there's plenty of other... You can unlock the 2014, like, Legendary Monsterverse version of Godzilla. You can uh, unlock, like, the Burning Godzilla from the Heisei era and play with him. Like, you know, there's there's plenty of kaiju on there that I'm just... I'm itching for the opportunity to be able to play with and all of that. So, very much looking forward to it and playing it more and all of that. But I talked about all that because, like I said, this was going to be a short episode. I don't have a lot to talk about the film itself or anything, um, so I just wanted to kind of run up the time there, and still, like, it's still related to Godzilla, so it counts, but, um, yeah, anywho, back to it, uh, yeah, I'm talking about Godzilla versus Megaguirus, and anyway, like I, like I was saying before I got sidetracked, I had only seen the film once, like, I'd gotten it at Hastings, came back, watched it, and I remembered not being super impressed with it, just kind of like, eh, yeah, whatever, you know, it's not great, it's not bad, but, like, you know, it was nothing to really write home about or anything. Um, I did not finish it this morning because I started the film this morning and I got about halfway through it and was basically like, okay, I, like, I'm, I'm good to go ahead and uh, post the episode because I didn't want to wait too late to actually post the episode or anything. But uh, from what I've seen so far, like the first half of the film, it's better than what I remembered it being. Like, I, I definitely remember walking away just kind of like, eh, it's pretty mediocre or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's it's not as bad as I remember it being. Um, there is one part towards the end when Godzilla does, like, his mega leap that I'm still not crazy about. It's just too cartoony. It's very out of place. And, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's silly. Though I have heard online, or read online, really, that uh, the reason why that was put in there is because um, one of the people that was involved with, I can't remember if it was the suit actor or someone else that was involved with like the writing or something like that, or I know the suit actor for Megaguirus was very, um, has a lot of experience with the Super Sentai uh, franchise and you know, that the Super Sentai franchise slash Power Rangers is always like over the top and ridiculous and all that kind of stuff. So I've, I've read online that the reason that was put in was kind of like in honor of him and in honor of his work for doing a lot of work for like Super Sentai and all that and was like, hey, let's so throw something in here for like the Super Sentai fans, something that's just kind of over the top, you know, but I, I cannot speak to the full credibility of that or anything. Like I said, it was just a few things that I read in some comment sections and some uh, trivia sections of various websites and things like that. So take that with a grain of salt. But anywho, the director of the film, and as always, forgive me if I butcher these names. The director of the film was Masaki Tezuka, and this was his directorial debut. Now, he had actually... Uh, he would actually go on to direct other Godzilla films. He um, would go on to direct Godzilla against Mechagodzilla as well as uh, Tokyo SOS, which are two of my favorite 
uh, Godzilla films, and I'll be I'll be getting to them. They are going to be the only, uh, other than the MonsterVerse stuff, they will be the only Godzilla live-action films, I believe, that I haven't covered yet. Yeah, I believe so. I think the only ones I have left to really cover that's Godzilla-related is, well, the film I'm talking about today, and then Godzilla against Mechagodzilla in Tokyo SOS, and then 2019's King of the Monsters, and then Godzilla vs. Kong. And, you know, naturally, I'll be able to talk about Godzilla x Kong, the new empire, uh, eventually and all of that. But yeah, as of right now, I'm, I'm very much winding down on Godzilla films to be able to talk about. And I believe I've only got two Gamera films left to talk about. And then as far as King Kong is concerned, I only have... Um, I think I'll only have Godzilla vs. Kong left to talk about as far as King Kong is concerned for films anyway you know I can still talk about like the animated King Kong uh series and all of that kind of stuff but yeah see see this is why I'm <laughs> I need to branch out and all of that kind of stuff and talk about other movies because I'm really starting to uh, stretch myself thin with these <laughs> with these kaiju films and all of that but nonetheless this film was it serves as kind of like a soft reboot of the franchise just as Godzilla uh, Millennium did whenever it came out in 1999. Now, I've talked to you guys before about this. The Millennium series is very unique in the fact that none of the films are connected to one another with the exception of Tokyo SOS, which is a direct sequel to Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. All films in the Millennium series ignore all other films in all other continuities with the exception of the 1954 original Gojira. So this film, even though it is the second entry in the Millennium series and comes after uh, Godzilla Millennium and or Godzilla 2000, depending on which, which title you want to go by, and also despite having the same exact... Godzilla suit that was used in Godzilla 2000. This is not related to Godzilla 2000 at all. And it will not be related to Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, or Godzilla Final Wars, or Tokyo SOS, or Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. It stands on its own and is considered a direct sequel to the original 1954. Gojira, though there is a difference, like this film kind of retcons the original 1954 Gojira, and how it pretty much retcons it is that we all know in the original film that Godzilla does his thing, and then at the end, Dr. Serizawa uses the oxygen destroyer and puts it on puts it in Godzilla's general area and Godzilla dies. And so for the rest of the Showa era it is another Godzilla that has shown up and everything and so in the original like Showa era timeline there are two Godzillas, the original one and then the one that stars in all of the other Showa era films um that starts out as a villain then becomes very much like an anti-hero and then becomes like a full on hero and all that by the time the Showa era is over. Um, this one retcons the ending to the 1954 Gojira in the fact that when the film begins, we see they've used stock footage from the original film, but they've superimposed the new Goji suit, the Millennium Goji suit, into the frames to make it seem as if it was this Godzilla that was attacking all those years ago. And it does not mention the Oxygen Destroyer. It does not mention that Godzilla was killed or anything like that. But, like, after his initial attack, he leaves. And then it's like, oh, we started making preparations and this and that and all that kind of stuff. And then he just kind of spontaneously shows up, um a few years later and all of that, and so they're trying to deal with him. So in this particular 
little series and all of that, even though it is considered a direct sequel to the original 1954 Gojira, it retcons the ending of that film in which it's like Godzilla never died from the Oxygen Destroyer. So in a way, even though this is considered to be a direct sequel to that film, since it directly contradicts the ending of the original film, this film could actually just simply be looked at as a standalone movie. And yeah, I mean that that's kind of that's kind of cool. I I prefer to look at it as a standalone film, like that is not even a direct sequel to the original movie just because it does retcon the end of the film. And so just from a continuity standpoint, it's kind of hard to sit there and be like, oh yeah, this is a sequel to that movie. Like, oh, so this is a different Godzilla? Nope, it's the same one. Oh, so so they explain how he came back from the dead from the Oxygen Destroyer? No, no, they never mentioned the Oxygen Destroyer. But I thought it was a sequel to the original one. It is. So why don't they mention the Oxygen Destroyer? I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it kind of, it causes some confusion here and there. And so I, I prefer to view this film as just merely a standalone Godzilla film that is not connected to the original film uh, at all. Now, the suit actor that ends up playing Godzilla in this film is Sutomo Kitagawa. And he played Godzilla. He was the suit actor for Godzilla in all of the Millennium films, with the exception of GMK, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. And then the individual that ends up playing, this might surprise some of you, that ends up playing Megaguirus is Minoru Watanabe. Watanabe? Um, he's the guy that was involved in various um, Super Sentai series and things like that. And I said that it might surprise some of you because any of you know that by looking at Megaguirus and all that kind of stuff, he's about the same size of, you know, like Mothra and all that kind of stuff. But Mothra is 100% a prop. She's always been a prop other than in her larva stage. But she's always been a prop that's just used in all of that. But Megaguirus was actually performed by a suit actor. And the reason why they hired a suit actor to play Megaguirus is because they wanted Megaguirus to have a different set of movements and things like that. Because at the end of the day, whenever you use a prop, like whenever King Ghidorah is flying, or whenever Mothra is flying, or fighting Godzilla and all of that kind of stuff, there's only so much you can do with that prop. Like, you know, you can make it be kind of stationary and then pull various wires to make it move from side to side or frontwards and backwards. The wings are flapping, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still like painfully obvious to look at and be like, oh, that's just a, a prop that's being held up by wires and all of that. And so they wanted Megaguirus to kind of stand out. They, you know, there were props that were made. There were miniature props that could go on, um, not of Megaguirus. This was a different monster that I'll get to momentarily. But they made little miniature props that would go all over Godzilla's body. They made props of it that would just be, you know, to be used to be floating around in the ocean and all of that kind of stuff because it was dead and all that kind of mess. So there were just simply props of it made. But they did make a version of it that could hold a suit actor. Uh, fun fact, this is something that I found. Um, not sure the legitimacy of this again. But uh, I found that there was a, a version of the suit made that actually had legs in which the suit actor would be able to walk around and all that kind of stuff. And it was nicknamed Legagirus. <laughs> so if, that, if that's accurate, that's, uh, that's kind of funny to me. <laughs> Just because uh, they gave the suit legs, so they called it Legagirus. That's kind of funny to me. Now, as far as Megagirus goes... There is an evolution to this creature, as uh, many of you, and I mentioned this way back in like my third or fourth episode whenever I talked about this and all of that, but some of you probably never actually made it all the way back to that episode, or if you have, you have likely forgotten and all of that kind of stuff. There is an evolution to Megagirus uh, 
anyone that knows that has watched this movie knows that there's a, a evolution to it. The very first stage of his evolution is called the Meganulon. And uh, that's whenever it's kind of, it's not really a larva, it's, but it is like the non-mature version of it where it just kind of walks around and all of that. This is the version that we saw it attack two civilians. It climbed up on the side of the building, it's back split, and then the next evolution part began that has the wings and all of that, and that is called a Meganula. Now, Meganulon, this is not the first time it has appeared in a Toho film, believe it or not. The first time that Meganulon appeared on film, in, in like in a Toho film, was way back in 1956 for the original Rodan film. I believe that's the year that it came out. But, um, yeah, uh, for those of you that have seen the original Rodan, you remember those monsters, the insect-like creatures at the beginning where they come out and they're attacking miners and things like that, and then Rodan hatches and pretty much just eats them all like they were nothing, and then for the remainder of the film, they're having to deal with Rodan and all of that. Uh, those giant bugs that they were dealing with for the first half of the film is the original Meganulon. And so this is what's in this film. It is a like kind of a retconned, like updated version of them. But um, it shares, I believe it shares the name. It does share the name. But um, yeah, so in my own brain, you know, and it's, it's perfectly fine for a lot of people to accept that like they have headcanon. And things like that, to where it's like, well, I know that this isn't official, but I like prefer to believe that this is what actually happened and this and that and everything. For an example, just a very short example, because I don't want to go on a rant, um, whenever it comes to Star Wars, after Return of the Jedi, as we all know, there was an established universe which had like the Thrawn trilogy and then many other trilogies and comic books and things like that, and then whenever Disney bought out Star Wars, they retconned everything that takes place after uh, Return of the Jedi, and they came up with their own sequels and all that kind of stuff and everything that is complete and total utter trash and is inferior in every single way to the old EU. And so my headcanon tells me that this current universe, this current continuation, the sequel trilogy and things like that. Now, not all. Like, I do enjoy The Mandalorian. Rogue One was pretty mediocre. The film overall was mediocre, but I love the climax of the film. I will admit that any day of the week. Um, like, those are okay, but like the sequel trilogy and, and all that kind of stuff, no, trash. As far as I'm concerned, they do not exist, and my brain still tells me that the old EU counts, and I refuse to acknowledge this new Disney trash that they've come up with for Star Wars, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but in my head canon, considering that the Meganulon makes an appearance in the original Rodan as well as in this film, even though they don't look entirely the same, my head canon, as I just explained a, a moment ago, where I view this film as a standalone film because it retcons the original 1954 Gojira, I also believe that the original Rodan is in the continuity of this film. Like, that's just me. That's just how I, how I, it's how my brain works and all that kind of stuff, you know, just throwing that out there. But, uh, yeah, so Megagirus was not just a prop. It was a suit that was designed, had a nickname of Legagirus and all of that kind of stuff. And the Megagirus was designed by an individual by the name of Shinji Nishikawa. Yes, that's what we're going with. But also, um, yeah, that, that's who designed the suit and all of that kind of stuff. And um, he was also the designer for... Godzilla vs. Biollante, he designed, did, worked on a number of designs for the Rebirth of Mothra trilogy, and he also did a number of designs for the Ultra series, like Ultraman, and all of that kind of stuff. So, 
unfortunately, that's pretty much all I've got on Godzilla versus Megaguirus. I mean, I told you guys that this wasn't going to be, I didn't have a whole lot of information to talk about and all of that. Um, one one day, if I was more well known and more and had more connections, I would love to be able to, you know, go to Japan and basically be like, I am a journalist and I want to speak to every living director slash anything that's done uh, current like currently alive uh, Godzilla films and just have interviews with them and be like, how did this design happen? What was the set like? Did anything happen like on production and all of that kind of stuff? I would love to talk to these individuals and get all of that type of information and everything. It would be really, really cool. And uh, if I can't do it, I really wish somebody else would do it because there, yeah, there's a lot of films that I want to know about the production. I want to know about what all went on and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I would very much, you know, love to, to find out more about it and everything. But yeah, that pretty, I mean, you know, sorry guys, that's pretty much all I've got for uh, Godzilla versus Megaguirus. Um, I know I said uh, Wednesday that this was going to be more of a review uh, episode, but I can't really give a full on review because like I said, I did not finish the film. I wanted to go on ahead and, um, do the episode and all of that. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I ended up doing. So, all right, guys, um, as far as next week, next Saturday, a week from today is concerned, I do not have a pick yet for a film because, you know, like I talked about earlier, I am, reaching the end of the line when it comes to standard like Godzilla, Gamera, and um, Kong films and all of that. So I really need to start digging down and find either some more obscure films that I can do reviews of and all of that, or just really start branching out, uh, just diving headfirst in and branching out and covering things like Jurassic Park, The Lost World, or any other like types of monster movies like uh dragon slayer you know things like that and there rain of fire you know like th those are the type of films that i'm planning on jumping into and all of that um i had bought a dvd set of all the dragon heart movies that are made so far now i don't know if i'll talk about every dragon heart movie because i haven't seen all of the dragon heart movies um i grew up with the original dragon heart and i very much enjoy it and whenever the sequel came out i remember being very underwhelmed whenever whatever it first came out and i haven't seen it since but i do have all of the dragonheart films on dvd and i will likely get to them at some point in time uh, i can talk about the tremors franchise because that deals with like a giant monster and all that kind of stuff so yeah that's what i'm gonna uh end up doing more than likely next week and i will have that announcement on this wednesday the weekly kaiju havoc so all right guys um i'd like to thank everybody once again i've gotten more well wishes and things like that um you know for the wedding and congratulations and all of that kind of stuff so i uh thank you to everybody again and for who has sent new ones congratulating me and emily on getting married and all that kind of stuff she hasn't left me yet and, you know, we haven't killed each other yet, so we're, you know, everything's going good. And, um, the, I told her last night, she, she was, she was talking to me about something and she just would not let something go. And I just looked at her and I said, get out of wife mode. I said, go back to the way you were. Don't ruin yourself for me. You know, like, you know, just, just messing with her and all that. But, uh, you know, er everything's going good. Uh, we couldn't be happier and all that. And we both very much appreciate the the well wishes, the congratulations, and to some of you that has actually sent us gifts, uh, we very much appreciate that as well. You guys are awesome. Um, again, uh, whenever I go to branch out for a third weekly episode, I will be taking suggestions slash requests for movies or topics or things like that to discuss and talk about. I have gotten, um, a request from Eddie for three different films. I talked about those on the weekly Kaiju Havoc. I also got a, um, uh, this is just off the top of my head, um, individual. I apologize. I cannot remember what your username is. I I'll mention it some other time. But uh, I've gotten a couple of suggestions from another individual uh, that I'll mention next week. 
uh, once I put it in my notes and all of that kind of stuff, they had uh, asked me a while back after I talked about, like I did like a real life, um, like real life kaiju and covered uh, Gustav the Crocodile. They asked me to cover like uh, the subject material that is in a documentary called Blackfish, which is basically um, the treatment of orcas and or killer whales in SeaWorld and all of that kind of stuff, which I am very anti-SeaWorld because of the way that they treat their animals and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, I can't remember if I've ever talked about it on the podcast or not, but, you know, if you watch the documentary called Blackfish, I watched it on Hulu. So if you don't have, um, there is a, I believe there's a cheaper version of Hulu that's like $5.99 or something like that. There, it is ad centered. So there will be ads like every 20, 20 minutes or something like that, but watch Blackfish. And if that does not fully turn you against SeaWorld, I don't know what will. (laughs) <laughs> to be honest with you, I know that there's some people that's just like, oh, I don't care about the treatment of uh, animals and all that kind of stuff. As long as I'm entertained, you know, I'm, you know, that's fine and all that. And I have opinions about people like that, but uh, I'm not, I'm not going to jump into all of that. And this individual also a while back mentioned to me, um, I haven't dug into it yet. I haven't really dug dug into it yet, but they mentioned to me about something. Uh, I'll have to look back at our messages. Something dealing with uh, fox hunts that happened in the UK that still happen in the UK. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I, I didn't think that they did those old style fox hunts anymore. Just you know, on on the horses with the dogs and trying to chase a fox and all of that kind of stuff. I, I didn't know that they that they still did that. So I haven't dug into that or anything like that. Um, now look, I want to go on ahead and make something clear to, to everybody. I don't want people to think that I'm, which there's nothing wrong with this if you are, but I don't want people to think that I'm this, I'm a tree hugger or, you know, like, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't really know how to put it. Like I am an advocator for animal rights. I am. But I do feel that some people reach a little bit further than what they need to reach for. I am against, um, I'm, I'm against like the mistreatment of animals, but I'm not also one of those people that's like so anti the mistreatment of animals that I'm like anti hunting and things like that, which I don't think it's possible to be an anti hunter if you live in the South like I do. I know it is a very necessary thing, I know that hunting helps regulate. Uh, the overpopulation of certain animals and things like that. So, you know, I'm not anti-hunting or anything like that, but I'm very much anti the mistreatment of animals because I do love animals and all of that. I mean, it's part of the reason why we have so many animals here. I've got like about seven or eight stray cats that hang out uh, outside the house that um, I feed that started out as one and then Another one showed up, and then another one showed up, and now I have multiple outside cats that just hang out outside of my house and all that, that I feed every morning and every night and all that. And I keep them around to take care of uh, little rodents and things like that. I've seen a few of them packing away a mouse or two, and I've seen one of them uh, packing away a snake. So any cat that uh, takes care of snakes is A-OK in my book, because I do not like snakes. (laughs) You know, I'm not, (laughs) that's just, no. No, I'm, I'm, I've got no problem admitting that I'm a 35-year-old man that, um, you know, has been through Marine Corps boot camp and has uh, got four amateur MMA fights under my belt and has worked physical labor my entire life and all of that kind of stuff, former offshore worker. I've done all of that, and I've got no problem admitting I turn into a three-year-old little girl whenever I encounter a snake, and I have no idea. I don't care how big it is. It can be a a six inch snake. It can be a three foot long snake. I do not like them. Get them away from me, you know, and people sit there and be like, Oh, you know, they're more afraid of you than you are of them. Like, yeah, I got, I got it. Well, if you would just educate yourself on snakes, I'm very educated on snakes. I looked up, I'm very fascinated with them and I watch videos and things like that of them all the time and little documentaries about different breeds and things like that on them all the time. I very much understand snakes and know that they are 
more afraid of me than I am of them. And if I just leave them alone, they will mosey on and all of that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. It's called an irrational fear for a reason. I do not like them. It's just plain as day. I do not. So, you know, but, um, yeah, to, to the individual. And again, I said, I, uh, I will mention your name. I've given them a shout out on here before, but, uh, I will mention your name, uh, this Wednesday on the weekly Kaiju Havoc. Um, as far as the Blackfish documentary and the, um, uh, the event dealing with the, uh, holy mackerel. The fox hunts that happen in the UK, I believe, is uh, where where you mentioned it or anything. I'll dig into that and see see what's up with that. But yeah, I'm gonna talk about you know stuff like that and everything. Um, speaking of real life kaiju, I do have a number of other real life kaiju events that I can talk about, and not just real life kaiju, but also just simply animal attacks because I've told you guys before, I, it's very weird. There's no real okay way to say this. I'm a fan of man eaters. Now, that doesn't mean that I root on the man-eaters, like, oh, wow, that man, that tiger killed 300 people, go you, let's leave it alone, you know, and all that, no, 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 like, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not pro-man-eater or anything like that, I'm just, I'm fascinated by reading stories of, like, man-eating animals and things like that, like certain bears or certain tigers in India, uh, wolf packs and all of that kind of stuff I've talked about before that I'm going to talk about a creature that no one has ever re really been able to completely identify that is called the Beast of Givadon. Now, here in the modern era, a lot of people has taken it to be a werewolf of some kind, which, you know, it's not. But <laughs> based on old paintings and old descriptions and all of that kind of stuff, like, people just honestly don't know what this creature was. Like, it was real. There's plenty of accounts saying that it was real. And all that kind of stuff. But there's, there's been so many different things that's been put forward as to what it could have been. It could have been an abnormally large wolf. It could have been a wolf that had mange that did not have fur. It could have been, um, you know, I know like it took place in, uh, in Europe. But somehow, just hear me out, somehow it could have been a creature from like Africa that the area had like never really seen before. So you would have, it could have been like, there's been uh, theories brought forth that it could have been like a hyena. It could have been a lion, but it was some creature that plagued this little area in Europe for a good while before they finally had to like hunt it down. Like the, the, the monarchy had to get involved to pretty much conscript out and basically like, we need to take care of this thing. And went out there and killed it. And like I said, there's like in a lot of modern eras, it's pretty much portrayed as being um, a werewolf. But, you know, we all know that's not the case. But uh, so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the Beast of Givadon uh, one day. You know, I've talked to you guys before that um, talking about like mythological kaiju and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, obviously it's kind of weird to say mythological kaiju. But, you know, I'm just saying that because this is a kaiju-centered podcast, so I don't know what else to really call a giant monster. But I'm talking about things from, like, mythology and stuff like that, like the Hydra from Greek mythology that uh, Hercules fought, or Heracles fought, uh, depending on which pronunciation you want to go with, Hercules or Heracles. Same character, different, uh, different names. But, um... <clears throat> Same character, different names, different mythologies. That's the difference between the Roman uh, telling of the myths and the Greek telling of the myths and all that. Just throwing that out there. But, um, you know, so we have like the Hydra. We have like the Cyclops from uh, the Odyssey and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, jumping into like biblical creatures and all that. We have Leviathan that is talked about in great detail and all of that. We have uh, Behemoth that is talked about in great detail in the Bible and all of that. There are plenty of mythologies and tales from other uh, lores and cultures and things like that that depict giant monsters. There are Native American legends that depict giant monsters like giant bears and things like that. I'm going to cover all of that kind of stuff eventually and all of that, but... Uh, I'm going to be covering more of that in between like the Godzilla, the Kong and the Gamera stuff that I have left 
because I know that's what you guys are really here for. I like to think that you guys have really just gotten to where, you know, you like me and you just like the podcast in general and all of that kind of stuff. But I do know, don't get me wrong, I do remember the month where I decided I was going to do nothing but talk about Ray Harryhausen films and I lost a pretty good chunk of my listeners to where I've kind of mostly recovered. But to be honest with you, I still haven't quite recovered to what my listenership once was whenever I decided to just simply start talking about Ray Harryhausen films and Ray Harryhausen monsters and things like that. So, um, yeah. But I don't want to completely lose you guys. <laughs> you know, I know you guys signed up for for Kaiju and all of that kind of stuff, but hopefully, you know, you guys have gotten to where you're familiar with me enough and you like hearing me talk and just like my overall personality and all of that kind of stuff that I will, that you guys will stick around and all of that and pretty much listen to me talk about regular monster movies and monsters and myth and lore and all of that kind of stuff. So hopefully, who knows? So, all right, guys, that pretty much does it. I know I said this was going to be a, a short episode. It kind of was, <laughs> you know, the part where I talked about uh, Godzilla versus Mega uh, Mega Gears, but the rest of it was, uh, you know, bonus stuff. So, you know, just look at it like that. Uh, if you haven't done so already, check me out on all of my social medias on Facebook. I'm Kaiju Carnage, Godzilla slash King Kong podcast. I have a Godzilla Ultima fan page. And then on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, I am Cal, the Kaiju guy. So, alrighty guys, keep in mind, this Wednesday I'll announce what next Saturday's episode is going to be, so be sure to tune in for that. Uh, might not be a regular kaiju-related episode. Could be a, a Ray Harryhausen film now that I just really got to talk about uh, Mr. Harryhausen, that I might uh, cover one of his films, maybe one of the Sinbad films that I haven't done yet. So, alrighty guys, again, thank you all. You guys are the best. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll catch y'all next time. This is Cal the Kaiju Guy, signing out.